0: Here we are, we're going to chat about the impact of not regulating cannabis. What is it going to do for border states of Texas, for example, um, or anybody else that's choosing not to legalize cannabis? We're going to take a look at a Washington, um, specifically uh, the border states around there and some spots around Colorado as well, and the impacts uh, that are drawing to these like little spots. Uh, these little towns in Washington, Colorado, and the loss of revenue from from the other side. You know, they're coming from Idaho, obviously Idaho could could gain some revenue. So diving into the impacts of border states and um, really kind of the the loss of revenue uh, as a result of not regulating all coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. So we think of regulated states and the ability to buy, but just look at New Jersey. I think you have 75% of the municipalities putting a moratorium or just all-out block on the number of licenses. So there's a lot of people who... Um, you know, have access, but there's many, many more who still don't. So looking at this from like a prohibition uh, standpoint, um, you have regulated, you don't have legal, big difference between legal and regulated. So some of the border counties with higher than average cannabis sales are a result of, you know, uh, places that don't have cannabis uh, in, in the state. So they're obviously crossing borders, not legal uh, federally to cross borders. You can't even go from Oregon to Washington, but that's not stopping a lot of people. So uh, taking a look at some examples of counties that are on the state borders and receiving a lot higher than average per capita cannabis sales. Um, I think we saw that in Illinois lot of long lines, uh, people stocking up from from out of state. Uh, and some of those examples, we're going to see a lot more uh, as New Mexico goes legal. People from Texas are going to be coming in um, already. People from Idaho coming in Washington State. So it's definitely a thing and always has been and will be. So um, let's take a look at Washington State. So looking at this map, there's a couple of counties. Um, three counties here with the highest rates of per capita sales over the past year. So interesting thing about them is they're all on the border. So these uh, these counties share a border with Idaho, uh, one of the two remaining U.S. states, which cannabis is still completely prohibited. Um, so this, uh, um, I don't even know how to pronounce this, uh, Asotin County, <laughs> uh, labeled number one, Uh, In this map, if you're uh, watching it, not listening, it's in the very, very bottom right corner of the state um, bordering um, Oregon and Idaho. And so the um, per capita spend in that county that borders both Idaho and Oregon is three times higher than the per capita spend on average in Washington. All right, taking a look at Colorado. We can compare all the counties in the state per capita spend, but there's two counties that are seeing a higher relative sales of cannabis than the others, and those obviously are bordering on other states. So these two counties are on opposite sides of the state, but uh, they do have one thing in common that they border Nebraska um, and then New Mexico. So Nebraska is the second U.S. state that still fully prohibits cannabis. Um, so cross border um, in the Sedgwick County is the same that we saw in in Washington, uh, New Mexico's adult use legalization just went into effect. So uh, that's gonna be really interesting to kind of see how that number two county on this map in the top right corner of Colorado will, will be impacted. Um, I think it's safe to say that those sales are going to plummet by um, a significant amount, probably um, two thirds is kind of what we're seeing here. So I think it's safe to say that we're seeing some border uh, counties with recreational sales available to attract those from non-regulated uh, marketplaces in states nearby. So it um, should be a pretty good indicator to kind of see what your county could do uh, if you just look across the, uh, the county border there uh, into other states. Um, obviously, a big impact to certain states that uh, aren't regulated yet, um, but it looks like the feds are going to come in with a massive package for roads and bridges Um, It's an inexpensive way for the feds to um, dish out a bunch of money to their their friends and family who are the ones uh, owning those companies. Different subject for a different podcast. Um, But essentially, we are going to see residents being forced to go out and shop out of state or out of county in areas that are going to lose out on significant tax revenue. Uh, And I know that one standpoint is it's all about the children, but in reality, it's all about the money. Uh, And if these uh, county officials, state officials, and feds don't see that, it's really not going to go anywhere. And even then, um, it's got to be a significant amount of money to influence them specifically. Uh, That's why lobbyists are really the ones uh, dangling the marionette, which are the public officials. So um, government bodies kind of need to get out of the way and uh, let legalization move forward rather than individual regulated states. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why isn't endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up-to-date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast, and of course, on PodConnex.